You're listening to episode 27 of the Field Trip Teacher Podcast. In today's episode, I take a deep dive behind the scenes with my virtual assistant, Alexandra Harrelson. You are not going to want to miss this, Teacher Creatives. It is so much fun. We had a blast talking about all things related to virtual assistants and getting them started in your business. So definitely want to stick around for this episode. On to the episode. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to leave normal and live your dream life? Farah from Mrs. Shipley's classroom and her husband, Kevin, a retired police officer, left normal to pursue their passions of becoming location independent and seeing the world. Travel along with your hosts as they share what it's like to be full-time traveling entrepreneurs while living their dream. On the Field Trip Teacher Podcast, you will get tips and strategies for your classroom, running an edupreneur empire, and hear about their journeys as they travel. Grab your favorite beverage and welcome to the show. Hey, Field Trippers, welcome back to the adventure. I'm your host, Farah, and I'm the creative mind behind Farah Henley Education, which includes Miss Shibley's Classroom, the Field Trip Teacher Podcast, and FHE Digital Learning Lab. This is your first time listening with us. We would like to welcome you, and we're so excited that you found us. And if you are returning to listen to this episode, what's up, my Field Trippers? So for those of you who are new to the channel, here at the Field Trip Teacher Podcast, I strive to bring you actionable tips and strategies for teachers, growing and aspiring teacherpreneurs, and those who might have a heart for traveling and want to know how I do all of this as a traveling edupreneur. Now, in today's episode, we are going to take a break from the normal me just talking to you. I am actually bringing in my virtual assistant, Alexandria Harrelson. She is the right hand of my business, to be honest with you. And I don't know how I would get everything done without her. And the reason that I thought it would be so fun to interview Alexandria, and I gotta be honest, this is more like sitting down having a conversation with us than it is an interview. But I thought it would be so much fun because I have been noticing a lot in some of the social media groups that I'm a part of with other teacher creatives, some of the girls that I am myself coaching that they, or even in my mastermind, a lot of them are really looking at hiring virtual assistants and I don't want them to go through the same struggles that I went through when hiring a virtual assistant at the beginning, but it can be such a daunting task and there are some misconceptions out there about Number one, what a virtual assistant even is. And number two, maybe, you know, what you should be having a virtual assistant do or how exactly that relationship should look. So I know that everybody has a lot of questions. I know if you are like me, when you are starting out hiring a virtual assistant, you have no clue what you're doing. You are totally lost and people are just telling you, oh, hire somebody to do that but there's so much more that goes into it. So we are gonna take a deep dive behind the scenes with my virtual assistant, Alexandra Harrelson. Now, before we do that and we dive into all the details and juicy, juicy details of that discussion between the two of us, I do wanna take a minute to kind of remind you that a few weeks ago, we decided to start something new here at the Field Trip Teacher Podcast. Now, one of our goals here on the show is to have a huge impact on teachers, teacherpreneurs, and my fellow travelers. But in order to do that, 
we've got to be seen, you know, visibility. It's kind of a requirement. Reviews and ratings of the podcast are actually what allow us to have a greater impact on all of our listeners like you because reviews help platforms like Apple Podcasts get the show in front of potential listeners that will benefit from what I share here each week. So what we are striving to do is get 100 five-star reviews to help with getting the podcast out there. So here is what I need from you. If you will jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review, then take a screenshot of your review, then jump on over to your favorite social media platform, Instagram or Facebook, share it in your stories or on your feed. You can, and then please tag us. And you can do that by tagging at Farrah Henley Education. We are going to enter each one of those five-star reviews into a drawing for $250 in an Amazon gift card. Now, regardless of if you are a teacher, teacherpreneur, or traveler, you know that an Amazon gift card can go a long way. So jump over there, leave us a review, screenshot it, and share us and tag us on IG or Facebook at Farrah Henley Education, and we will enter you into that drawing. And once we hit the 100 reviews mark on Apple Podcasts, we will draw a winner and announce it here on the show and on social media. How fun is that? Okay, now the whole reason you are here, let's dive in to this episode with Alexandra Harrelson. Now, I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. This is going to be a two-part episode, so I'm going to give you the first part this week, and then next week you will get the second part. I know it's so hard to have to wait a week, but just remember to set a reminder on your phone. Come back next week because it doesn't matter whether you listen to part one or part two. It's all juicy, and it's all so much information that you are going to want to have when hiring your virtual assistant. All right, so let's dive in to our interview with Alexandria Harrelson. Welcome, Alexandria. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm Super doing great. I am. And so I invited you here on the podcast because you and I have had a working relationship now within my business for over a year. It's been about a year and a half, hasn't it? Yes, it's been quite some time. So <laughs> I know <laughs> that in a good way. Yes, it does. It's not like, you know, when you say you've only been married for three years and it feels like 30. No, not, not in that way at all. But I actually, when we started working together, I actually sort of kind of found Alexandria by accident, to be honest with you. I was actually looking for a VA for, to, to help me with my Pinterest management within the business. And I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even remember how I found your website and, but I found it and I fell in love with it. And, um, you've actually totally, I just was just looking at the website cause I haven't looked at your website in forever and you're totally revamping it, which it looks amazing. Just so you'll know. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But I found Alexandria again by accident and that started this relationship that's been going for about a year and a half. And kind of what prompted this interview, Alexandria, is I have actually been doing some kind of coaching on the side with a few other teacher creatives. And one of the things that, and then of course my mastermind group, and we talk about VA services and things like that all the time. And one of the things that is constantly coming up is one of my girls will hire a VA and I've sent a few, I've sent quite a few people to you. 
um, but they will hire a VA and then they're not happy with the VA or something happens or, and really and truly what it all comes back to is this word called expectation. And you and I got to talking about this the other day, because when I started with a VA, you, with the exception of my daughter and my daughter-in-law who had done some kind of VA services for me, you know, people talk all the time about hire your daughter, hire some teens to do stuff. And I did that. But with the exception of that, you were the first VA I hired. And I was like, okay, I really, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea. Do do you feel that? Are you like, no, you didn't. You got to start somewhere. I really didn't feel that way on my end too much, but maybe it was because I really, I'm all about that E word of expectations. So I really did try to pull those out of you as best as I could. Yeah, but you really had to pull it out of me, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like come to the table with an exact idea of even what I was doing. And over the course of this year and a half, things have changed from what we were doing. Cause now you were just doing my Pinterest and it started with literally you just filling my tailwind and yes. I had no idea. I was like, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Just, I know I'm supposed to have pins in the queue. So just do it all the way up to now managing my email marketing and managing my social media. And we're going to be moving that even further in 2020. And so super excited about where this is going. But again, it all goes back to that word expectation and everybody I chat with and everybody I talk to that seems to be struggling with hiring a virtual assistant. That is now the number one conversation I have with them is, you know, that word expectation. So that's kind of where we're going to go with this interview today. So before we jump into all that fun stuff, let's (laughs) first talk. I want you to tell all the listeners who you are, where they can find you, and what kind of your story in getting started in this was. Yes. So I always love to tell my story and I'll try not to belabor it, but I was actually a dairy farmer before I ever introduced myself into this world of online virtual assisting. And um, when I got married, kind of call it like I just didn't want to go get a nine to five. I was running our family business before we got married, had an online farm and dairy supply business. Plus I was doing the dairy and I was like, I want to go get a nine to five. I don't like that kind of life. And so I was ghostwriting for this lady, still had no idea that it was even called ghostwriting. Like I was getting paid like $10 an article a month. And I thought that was so exciting. And yes. So, oh my gosh, $10 an article. Yes. And I was like, yes, I'm making bank. That's (laughs) insane. That's You've got to start somewhere. That's true. And so um, she kind of, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I reached out to her maybe during one of our meetings or something. I was like, hey, if you need more help, let me know. And uh, she was like, have you heard of being a virtual assistant? And I was like, uh, no, I have no idea what that is. And she had me start doing some things for her. And it was like one door just led to the next. It was just that typical, all these open doors oh my goodness, now I'm sitting here and I'm a full-blown virtual assistant. have no idea how that even happened. Um, In three months, I was making more than my husband was as a teacher 
every month. And so I had this, I mean, it was huge. And I was a newlywed at this time too. So kind of factor all of what was going on. And then within 18 months, I was making six figures as a VA. And it was just insane of how all of that happened. And I don't say that to be prideful or be like, oh, look at me. Because what happened during that course was I would have so many clients come to me and tell me stories about VAs from the opposite end of it. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to help people realize their potential as a VA, how to set, you know, how to set expectations on the other side with their clients, you know, start teaching them all this stuff. So I started coaching about two years ago and that has been amazing. And since my original kind of VA journey, I have branched more into digital marketing and social media marketing, but I still do so many VA tasks because I just, I love it. And it's just, really been amazing how all the doors have opened and people are like, how'd you get here? I'm like, I don't really know, but here I am. <laughs> so basically, you know, being a VA is not something you just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to go be a virtual assistant. Oh. Now, mm -hmm. now a big question I know, for example, a lot of my listeners are going to have is, ha have you been a teacher? No. So, okay. So you were not a teacher before, before becoming a virtual assistant. And I think, and the reason I point that out is because yeah. a lot of times when I talk to teacher authors, they specifically want a VA who is familiar with the education space and yeah. not just familiar with the education space. They actually want a VA that has been a teacher. And yeah. I went that route with, I started to go that route. Um, I actually never completed that route. Let me put it that way. And there are a couple of reasons why. For certain projects, I can understand why you would want somebody that has been in the education space or has been a former teacher. I would totally understand that. For example, if you're hiring a VA to do like create resources or create, you obviously want somebody that's got an education background, but mm -hmm when it came to just business and business things that I needed done, it wasn't, one, it wasn't necessary. And two, I found that I needed somebody with a business mind. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying by any means that te former teachers who turn into virtual assistants can't, don't have a business mind. I just, it was really nice to find somebody, one, that we clicked personality wise because you dealt with yes. all of my craziness all over the place. Um, and two that had that business mindset that I was looking for to grow and scale and wasn't, I'm, and I am going to say it wasn't limited or, or held back by the, by a teacher mentality. Cause, mm -hmm. and even I was early on in my business being a teacher, we have a tendency to not think bigger because we're so giving, we're so, you know, we're so humble, I guess, as teachers, because you know, of what we do and, and so forth. And we don't really think the bigger picture sometimes. And one of my favorite things to tell people is you have to get out of the teacher bubble. You have, if you want to have a successful online business, you have to get out of that teacher bubble. You've got to really look outsourced. So I just wanted to, to point that out because a, a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, where did you find her? Was she a teacher in one of your groups? And I'm like, 
no, I went and found an actual business VA. So, but you are very familiar with the teacher space and the TPT space. So, um, cause you've worked with other TPT authors and so forth along the way. So very quickly or not very quickly, really just take your time. Explain to the listeners what a virtual assistant is. Cause I know that I'm going to have listeners who are just starting out on this journey who have no clue what a virtual assistant is because I didn't until about a year and a half ago. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> okay. And if you're starting as a virtual assistant, don't necessarily go around telling everyone you're a VA because then people think that you're, you're a veteran and they're like, Oh, you work at the VA or so that's just a side, side note, cliff note there, because I have gotten that so many times. I'm like, oh no, I'm a virtual assistant. This is what we do. So breaking it down as simple as, as possible, you are virtually assisting businesses in tasks that they need. So a lot of times you have somebody that started their business because they love the content creation. And then as their business grew, they didn't realize they needed to manage Pinterest. They needed to create graphics. They needed to market their stuff on Facebook. They needed to, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And at that point is usually when businesses are like, I need help. I need somebody to help with all these tasks. And so that's where the virtual assistant comes in and they help with things like content creation, like writing emails, um, finding posts to share on Facebook, like responding to comments on Facebook, uh, creating graphics, creating eBooks. There's so much. And I just had a comment. One of my students in my class this morning, um, said, I had no idea I could charge and, and sell these services. Even things like if you love photography and you love creating recipes, you can create and sell recipes to food bloggers. I mean, the list really goes on and on, but at the end of the day, you're helping with those tasks that the business owner just doesn't have time to do or doesn't necessarily want to do because we don't always want to do everything in our business. And I don't think that you can be the most productive when you're trying to juggle all of those things either. So we come in, we pick up those pieces, we help you out, we're that extra hand on the team and get it done. And so that's kind of a shortish <laughs> version no. of whatever it does. That is a perfect, perfect definition of what a virtual assistant does. And I will add that the, the slogan, I guess, they become, and when you find the right one, they become your right hand in your business. They really do. I will tell you, full disclosure, I get this, I get asked this all the time, especially when people come to me and they ask me about who do I use for such and such and what does this cost and what and so forth. I never disclose our pay, our costs or my contract simply because I know every virtual assistant is different. Um, I also know that the more things you have a virtual assistant do, because they're already in your business, it makes things a lot easier for you adding tasks. Mm -hmm. So I do want to kind of, um, and we'll kind of talk about that again here in a little while later in the show, but I know that once they're doing one part of your business, it, it, it's very easy to add. And well, that was nice. So for all my TPT authors out there, cha-ching, um, I forgot to turn that <laughs> off. I apologize. It's very easy to add another task on to their to-dos and it not be so overwhelming for them to do this extra part because they already know the other stuff. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of what happened with us. You started with Pinterest, just filling my tailwind. And then we added on complete Pinterest management. So you were really digging into the analytics and giving me reports every, um, every month. And then we added, I believe email 
and mm -hmm. then we added social media, but with each part that was added on, you already knew so much about it. Mm -hmm. And what, what Alexandria said with regard to them becoming, they do all the things that you don't want to do in your business, all the things you have to do. When a lot of teacher authors, we kind of call ourselves accidental entrepreneurs because we created some resources. We threw them up on a site like Teachers Pay Teachers or even on our blog. And all of a sudden we started making money. And then it's like, wait a minute. And then we see teacher authors like Deanna Jump and like Rachel Lynette and these, these bigger, and those are just two that come to mind, two very sweet friends of mine. And so I, they just come, come to mind because they really paved the way for teachers to believe and understand that they, this is something they could do to create an, another income and the potential for it to make more than what they're making as a teacher. I'll be real honest. I always had this dream for it to make more than I was making as a teacher. I never dreamed that it would surpass that. Like it was so, I mean, so bl mind blowing where it was going to go. I, like you said, as we go through our business, all these tasks start coming up and we don't realize all the pieces it takes to run an online business. And because I'm part of James Wedmore's BBD, Business by Design, one of the big things that he talks about is these $10 tasks. Now, for my listeners, do not take that to mean that you're going to go pay somebody like Alexandria $10 to do these. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about and what he talks about as $10 tasks, they're those tasks that have to be done in your business, but they're, they're the ones that are they're not the big money makers in your business. So he calls them the $10 tasks because they're, they're just going to make you a little bit. They're giving, but they're so crucial for you making those bigger amounts. So like Pinterest, like emails, like all those things that you need to be focusing your time as a teacher author or just an online business owner, you need to be focusing your time on the things that are the content the videos that your students are going to see or your clients are going to see, the, the actual resources that your clients are going to see. Now, I will argue that there comes a point where you might even find people to do that for you too, <laughs> but you are the face of your business. That's what you and I have talked about is I, I'm mm -hmm. the face and I am the, and even in BBD, we talk about, James talks about, you are the visionary behind your mm -hmm. business and then your VA my Alexandria becomes the integrator, the one that makes it all happen. And so, and, and that's where we're moving towards, fingers crossed in 2020, right, Alexandria? So um, that's where we're moving towards. And sometimes it means starting off with a VA like Alexandria to do Pinterest, to do email, to do, and then as you build that relationship, you move into deeper, more, more things in your business. So anyway, so yes, that was a perfect perfect definition of what a virtual assistant does. You, we talked a little bit about some things that a, a teacher author specifically might do for, or might hire a virtual assistant for. So let, let's kind of re, re, regroup and talk about those things again. So Pinterest, email, those kind of things. What other things have you done for, just what other things have you done for clients that maybe we haven't thought about? That a virtual assistant would do oh my goodness so there's so much and even content creation so kind of going back to that taking one thing that is really popular and that people love is taking maybe a group of freebies that you have up on tpt compiling them putting them into one document and using them as an email opt-in that's something a VA can do for you. Writing your weekly emails, creating those automations and welcome sequences that we all love to do so much, but we need it. <laughs> no, I do not like making 
all of your marketing. So looking at everything from Facebook, if you want a Twitter presence, you know, even Google AdWords, um, Facebook ad campaigns, graphics for all of your products, your pins, your social media. Uh, let's see what else is out there. There's so much website design, any kind of website tweaks, because that's always something that you're always going to need some kind of website tweak. It just happens. There's always something to change and something that it looks great now, but six months from now, oh, I need, I need to change this or this. I mean, the list really just goes on and on photography, even just printing out resources and taking flat lay images of it. That is one thing that's that's really popular and more stuff would keep coming to me, but they're really, the list is endless of the things that you need, or even as a business owner, you're like, Hey, it would be really cool to be able to do this instead of kind of pushing in the back of your mind. Cause you don't have enough time. You can hire somebody to do it for you. That way you're not having to worry about handling all those little details and then you still get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was perfect because what I really want to get across to my listeners is anything from now, Alexandria doesn't live close, close enough to me and she's, you know, expecting and has a nine month old. So congratulations (laughs) on that. Um, and prayers because you're going to need them. Um, but otherwise I would probably hire you to come clean my house as well. So, but those are the type of things I would consider, you you know, a lot of teacher authors and a lot of groups that, that we're in, they, the first thing they say that you should hire out and even in James BBD, the first thing they say, just hire somebody to clean your house. Because if you are a business owner, that's usually the first thing that gets put on the back burner is like, I don't have time to clean. Yeah. (laughs) Even Alexandria has somebody to clean her house. Right. So there's, yes, there's really any number of things you, you can think of it, that it needs to be done. You can find somebody to do that. But that leads into my next question. Do you think there is one VA for all your needs? Or do you think you need to find people that specialize in certain things? That's a great question. So, and it kind of, I'm going to bring it back personally a little bit because I mentioned earlier how I started as a VA and I did all the things. I was your Pinterest girl and I was your, you know, graphics girl and your photography. And I love doing all the things, but there's always going to be things just like in any business that you don't love doing. And then you're going to end up faulting a little bit on it. And this is kind of like just what I teach people that want to become VAs to do this. And so what I've worked with very closely with my coach over the last several months is niching down. And it's so scary on my end to say, I'm going to cut out those things and I'm just going to specialize in one thing. Now, on the business side of it, what's, what's happening is I'm able to provide so much more value when you're, you are really into one specialty area. Um, you're able, you're not stretched thin between so many things. Your mind is in one spot. You're not having to turn off and then turn on into different things. So for that reason, and then being on the other side of it, I really think that building a team of people who have all have their own specialties. Now you can have one person that maybe does multiple things. They might do marketing and content writing, and they might love and be great at both. That's okay. But I think stretching people too thin and and stretch, uh, stretching it out too wide is not going to give you as a business owner the best results because you need someone who's all in into what they are doing and working on. So that's, my, that's what I think about it. I think you need to just focus on building a team 
I love that. And, and I will, and again, I, for total transparency. So Alexandria does three aspects right now, currently mm -hmm. of, of the business here at uh, Ferry Henley Education. And one of the things, and then I have built a team of other VAs, but I will tell you that I have based the hiring of those VAs off of that standard that Alexandria really set. And some of them I found from my teacher community because I needed specific, I needed someone from the teacher background and others I were, I hired them because their writing was so awesome. And, you know, and just they're different things that I knew, okay, I can't continue to add things on to Alexandria's list because she's fabulous. And I think she's fabulous at everything, but I know in reality, there are things she's going to be more fabulous at and that are just in her genius. But the thing that I have loved, and we kind of talked about that before, I'm starting to build a team. We've talked about the fact that you're starting to build a team of virtual assistants that are your go-to people to get projects done. And we've mm -hmm. talked about where my vision for this going forward is, is to eventually pull, hopefully you, and it just really depends on what happens with your business. And I know, cause all that's kind of up in the air, but pull you or somebody like you into that integrator role where I am now the visionary and you or somebody you bring me because I'm going to make you find somebody if it's not you that is going to fill that project manager integrator role where I just simply go to one person and then that person is managing that team of other people underneath. And so it seems like such, I know if you are listening and you are just starting out as a teacher author, this seems like so far, like you cannot even imagine, but I will tell you that just two years ago, this was not even in my realm of thought. And because I never dreamed that this is where I would be two years. Now I've been doing, been a teacher author since 2011, but I officially say I had my rebirth in 2018. And so at the beginning of 2018, because I, it was just more of a hobby before that, and then it became a real business. So, but I, I love that, that you're going to need to find people to do things that are in their genius. And mm -hmm. finding people like Alexandria who are starting to build a team or have access to VAs that they can recommend. And, and I think Alexandria, you would agree with me. I'm going to say this because I'm going to caution my listeners. If you are searching for a VA and we're going to dive deep into some expectation things and some things that you as a business owner really need to have an understanding of before hiring a VA. But if you hire a VA who says they can do it all, I would, I would consider that a red flag. Would you, would you agree? I agree. And I am very strong with my students. I say, don't say you can do it all. And if you think you can do it all, get, get one thing down and get another thing down and slowly build, be able to have that social proof behind it and have, have those recommendations and have that strong history in all the things that you're offering, because I think a lot of people just offer a lot so that they can make more money. And I think that really, yes. truly as awful as it sounds, that's what it boils down to. And that's not how it is because you have to be able to work when you can work in your zone of genius. That is when you're going to perform the best and doing so much is not only going to run you ragged as a VA, it's going to run, run the business owner ragged because they're, like their mind's going to explode because they're not going to know really what you're, what you're doing, what you're supposed to do or, or any of that. 
And I do want to go back because you have kind of like these pillars. So we can say we hired someone for content writing, but that can mean that they write Facebook ads, they write blog posts, they write anything that kind of falls into the content writing. For me, you know, I've kind of niched into marketing. So, but that includes, you know, different aspects of Facebook, Pinterest, email. So there are still different things that you're doing. So don't get that confused. There's different things, but they're in like a pillar, I guess, of a certain niche area. Oh, absolutely. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes. I just, uh, and really kind of what I was getting at was, you know, again, Alexandra is great. I mean, she, but she has niched into that and she always blushes. Y'all, y'all can't see the fact that we're on video right now talking, but she always blushes. And so she, you really have niched into that marketing. And when Mm -hmm. it came time for me to look for somebody to write content, well, one, you, you're not a former teacher, so it was going to be hard for you to learn that. Mm -hmm. And then even going into like blogs and things like that, it was like, she's really great at the marketing aspect, but I needed somebody that was, that was more honed in on specific writing skills when it came to blogs. And so, you know, it just, just different aspects like that, that you just need to make sure that you, you make sure that you hire the right person for the right task. And as great as she is at marketing, she hires out her own house cleaning. So I'm not sure she's the person to hire (laughs) to clean my house. So, you know, (laughs) I'm definitely not the person to hire to clean your house. So again, like I said, it's not in my zone of genius. All right. So let's kind of dig into some of these tips that I found. And again, I found these a little late. I found these after starting to work with Alexandria, but I found them when I was looking at, and the reason I even found them was because very early on in our relationship, Um, Again, we talked about it, that I basically came to you and was like, just do this. And like so many teacher authors that I know, teacher creatives, and I see them talking about it in the Facebook groups. They're like, I need a person to do this. Does anybody have a recommendation? I need a person to do this. And you see these people pop up and go, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I'm sure it's like VAs are a dime a dozen now. And I'm sure that they, they're teachers, they're, they're, stay-at-home moms who are trying to get started. One, I definitely recommend you you find out what coaching program they went through to become a VA because I do believe wholeheartedly now that you need to, those, you were a self-starter and you were mm-hmm. like, I just figured it out, but then you got coaching. So you were like, if yes, I'm going to really do this coaching. and do it right. Yes. So, and I give coaching because I tell people, I wish I would have had a coach. I could kick myself that I didn't get a coach four years ago because it would have changed so many things. (laughs) And so I think that that's one of the first things that you should do when you're hiring a VA is that you make sure I would ask, you know, what VA coaching have you, have you had? And you ask for references. How do you feel as a VA when someone comes to you to hire you and says, I would like references. I would like to know what, and I know maybe you can't tell them other, especially if you, and we'll get to this in a minute about non-disclosure agreements, but you can't necessarily tell them who you've worked for, but if you've gotten those references, like I've told you by all means, tell anybody you want to tell that you work for me. And how do you feel when somebody comes to you that asks you those questions? Because I think as teachers, we have a tendency to sit back and go, well, I don't want to question her ability, but this is our business. So how does that, how do you think, what do you feel about that? You know, it makes me feel like you're taking it seriously. And when I have somebody that's all in and they're saying, 
okay, who have you worked with? And I had my list of people that have allowed me to, to recommend them or refer or say, you know, this is who I worked with. And I'm able to give that. First of all, it makes me feel really good because it, it adds some of that proof behind me just saying I can do this. And then number two, I'm very, um, I've gotten to the point where I'm very choosy about who I work with on the other end. I don't want to work with just anybody. <laughs> I feel so I privileged want, now. <laughs> I want to work with people that we're truly going to mesh with, um, yeah. that I'm truly going to mesh with and have a good Absolutely. relationship with. And when they come to me setting those expectations, because it is a little bit of that of, I expect you to do a good job. So give me your recommendations. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, okay, we're on, we're on a good path here. And I'm all like, here, take them, take all my recommendations. <laughs> yes. So it makes me feel good. Just, just take it all. Just take it all. <laughs> well, you know, going in and looking so really quickly, let me just let the listeners know if you want to find this article that I'm going to be referencing while I'm talking to Alexandria, I will leave a link to it down in the show notes. So you can go over and look at this article and it gives you a lot of information about the best places to find virtual assistants and so forth. And I know one of the big things, if you are taking business, um, if you're in things like uh, business by design, or you've got business coaching. I know a lot of people in online business really push for hiring overseas. And I, I, I'm a huge proponent of that. There are certain things within my business that I have started looking at hiring out overseas for things. But when it comes to certain things in my business, there's a reason I went with somebody that was in the U.S., somebody that I, and especially when I start looking at that integrator position for my business and knowing that I was going to be building up to that, there's a reason I went with somebody in the U.S. And I know, Alexandria, that is something that's very difficult for VAs mm -hmm. that, are, that are based here in the U.S. because the rates tend to be a lot more expensive than hiring overseas. However, I do think that well, number one, let's just the elephant in the room. The reason for that is because of the the standard of living in these other in these other um, and conversion rates and conversion mm -hmm. rates. So a dollar goes a lot way, a long way. And one of the biggest countries that a lot of people usually hire their VAs from for certain things is in the Philippines. And um, mm -hmm. and I have noticed that you know for three hundred dollars a month. In fact, I know um, somebody who for three hundred dollars a month they get forty hours of week. 40 hours of work a week. And people think, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But when you look at the conversion rate, you look at, that's a living wage over there. So yeah. it's very different. But I will say this, there are, again, aspects of my business that I would not, I need somebody like Alexandria. Yes, it's going to cost me more because it's, you know, standard of living and the cost of services and things like that. But it's well worth it because I can tell you my sanity is worth way more than that. And so, again, I just say all of that because when you do go to the link and you do look at this article, you are going to see a lot of things where it talks about different countries and different rates and things like that. And so, and if you're interested in Alexandria's rates, you can definitely go over to her website. You can fill out her form and she will get back to you and y'all can talk all about that. And I will leave a link to that down below. But this is from Location Independent. It is a website based out of the UK, but um, it is called The Guide to Hiring a Virtual Assistant and 20 Tips for Success. So we're just going to kind of go through each of these tips and I'm going to get Alexandria's thoughts from the VA side. I'm going to kind of give my thoughts and my experience from the client side and we'll just kind of dive in. And this might be a two-part 
episode <laughs> that ends up in two uh, two weeks. Just because I really, this is something that has really been bugging me, and a lot, and especially now that I'm doing some more coaching, because trying to, if I could say one thing, VAs are miracle workers, but they cannot perform miracles. Now, let me just, I know that sounds crazy, but I think as we dive into more of this, that will make sense. That has been my thing. VAs are, and, and virtual assistants, let's not say VAs because a veteran, but uh, uh, virtual assistants are miracle workers, but they cannot perform miracles. So let's just dive into this next segment with that on our brains. So the first thing, this first tip that they list in this article is know what you want done before looking. <laughs> so Alexandria, go ahead and give us your first impressions on that tip. I, okay, so I'm going to give an example of. Now, I love story. the fact y'all can't see, see us on video, but both of us, our hands went up in the air like we're at church. Yes. Seriously. Because I really wish I could be a mind reader. It would save so much time and sanity, but I just can't. I don't have that in me and I don't have that ability. So um, something that I see so often is people that post up job, job ops and Facebook where will use that because a lot of people post their job ops on Facebook when they're looking for a VA and they'll say, I need someone to handle my social media. That's great. But what are you exactly talking about are, me? No. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, that's great. You know that you need help with social media. So you identified that one problem. What are your other problems with social media? And so when you, and if this is you, that's fine. But here's what I would say you're going to be looking for in any applicant. You're going to be looking for someone that, that comes to you and says, that's great. You need help with social media. So what are your pain points? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? What have you been doing recently? Where do you want to go? You know, all of those different questions. I think the VA, whoever you hire needs to be asking you. That's going to allow you to kind of flesh that out a little bit more. But what would be, what would be really great is if you already knew all that to begin with. But I understand that Sometimes you don't know. You just don't know. You know you have that gap there. You need help with social media, but you're not entirely sure what that looks like. Um, so I would just say, you know, when you post like that or when you start looking for people, a great way to flesh out if you have the right VA is what kind of questions they ask. Do they tell you, hey, let's talk on a call where we can talk about your goals and we can see and they ask the right questions and we can see where you want to be three months from now and how we're going to get there? Or are they just coming to you and saying, hey, I can do that because it does nothing for you. It's, it's all that relationship is going to end up being is a fail. <laughs> it's just going to be a hot mess fail uh, because nobody has those, again, expectations of what needs to be done. And so, yeah, that, that can be a hot topic for me <laughs> because just be sure that you know exactly what you want. If you don't know exactly what you want, Kind of be upfront about that and say, hey, I know I need help with social media. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Looking for someone to kind of guide me on that path. Let's let's talk and see what I need to do. So yeah, <laughs> knowing well, what you want. And 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 I think that you hit it on. You hit the nail on the head when you as a as a business owner and as a teacher author specifically in the, in this niche. 
we, we sit back and we think, okay, I need somebody to do this. And I will say, number one, the, the two top ones that I see people talking about are Pinterest and uh, social media. And they really come from it, come at it from the mindset of, I know I'm supposed to be posting on social media. I know I'm supposed to be posting on Pinterest. And mm-hmm. so they come into this relationship with, I'm just going to hire somebody to do this, just to handle it. And they think that they're going to post, like they're going to hire somebody like Alexandria to just make sure their tailwind queue is full. Ding, ding, ding. That would be me. And they hire somebody or a virtual assistant to just make sure that they're posting something on social media every day or multiple times a day. And they really don't put any thought process. And then a month into it or two months into it, they're like, well, wait a minute. I'm not seeing any growth. I'm not seeing any, any results from this. I'm paying out this money, but I'm not getting any results. And I will say uh, very transparent. I keep saying that, but very transparent. (laughs) When I hired you, that's literally what I did. I, I can, I can talk about this here on this episode because I'm coming from a place of experience. I very much came into it was, I need somebody to fill my tailwind queue. I need somebody to post on social media. I'm supposed to do that. And I can't keep up with it all. There's not enough hours in the day. I'm literally tied to my device all day doing this and can't get nothing else done. And so I'm going to hire somebody to do that. Not that in, when I look back on it, you know, fiscally, it was probably a waste of money with regard to my business because I had no plan. I had no, I I did not have any clue what I wanted. Now looking forward, if you know, you can, if I had an hourglass to know that, yes, I paid for several months of services with you that were probably just a waste of your time and a waste of mine. But you know, you were like, Hey, this is what she wants me to do. She did. This is, she's adamant. This is what she wants me to do. Cause I was pretty adamant. (laughs) But in the long run, because I stuck with it, I don't consider that a waste because what it did is it forced me get very clear about what I wanted and start digging into, okay, why is this not working? Why? I mean, I, it's not Alexandria. It's not your virtual assistant. And I think that that's one of the things that I can say as a content creator, a business owner, hiring a virtual assistant is so often I see people that are like this, this virtual assistant thing is not working. I'm not seeing any results. I'm spending this money and I'm not getting any results. But I think if they stop to realize that it's not their virtual assistant, again, I go back to virtual assistants or miracle workers, but they cannot perform miracles. You cannot Mm -hmm. read my mind. You cannot know what I want done. And it's very (laughs) important, like it says, know what you want done before asking for somebody to do it or hiring somebody to do it. So love that. Okay. So let's dive into the next one. Be sure that a virtual assistant is actually what you need. (laughs) Talk about that. that. Talk about it. (laughs) I love that. So and you can take this from a lot of different angles too, right? So I think, and and I guess personally, I'm more coming to this at, as the fact that I was like this general VA and now I've niched into digital marketing strategist. And so that title is so much different than VA. So I think you could come at it like that. Do you need a VA that can just post stuff on your tailwind or do you need a digital marketing strategist? So you can look at it in titles. 
And then I can also look at it and it may be the way of, are you sure that you need to hire this out? Maybe. Are you sure that you're at a point in your business where you need to hire it out? Because if you don't know your goals and where you want it to go, kind of going back to that first point, if you're not sure of what you want it to look like three months down the road, are you going to create a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration by hiring a VA? And so I've had that experience before where you work with somebody for a couple months and then they're like, you know what? I realized I just really don't know what I want. Bye. <laughs> and, and, and from the VA side, so <laughs> from the VA side, it's kind of like, you know, I put my, and I, I'm speaking personally, I put my all into every single client and business that I work with. And I always consider myself a partner in your business, not just someone you're throwing money at. And so it hurts because you're, you're not only letting yourself down, you're letting your VA down too. And I know we're all about, we're in front of a computer, you know, but there is a person behind that keyboard. And so I think you can hit that, that tip from so many different angles, but it's just being sure that you're actually ready to hire someone. And not only that, are you at a point in your business where you're going to be able to communicate with them because communication is so important. Again, we're not mind readers. So are you so busy that, and, and this is hard because a lot of times people are so busy. That's why they're hiring help. But are you so busy that you can't answer questions, therefore hindering your VA's progress on whatever project they're working on? If that's the case, then either you're going to have to reprioritize some things, set a time every day where you are going to be absolutely sure that you're going to check your email and answer your VA at that point. You know, I think there's just, you have to think about these things before you hire. Are you ready to hire? I think is what it comes down to. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things, and especially they're talking about, they're, they're one of the things they talk about in the article is that they, they equate it to like you're renovating a house. And I'm just going to kind of read this um, from the article to quote the article. It says, if you're renovating a house, a general builder could probably do every job you need, even, uh, you know, eventually. Um, but I bet instead you call a special specialist that, you know, to, to work on the kitchen, to fit the carpet, do the electric. So you need to apply those same principles whenever you're hiring a VA and figure out if this task that needs to be done, you need to hire a VA or you need to just hire uh, or a virtual assistant, or you need to hire a one-off um, to get something done. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times, and we, this kind of goes back to what is a virtual assistant. I think a lot of times it gets confused with those one-off jobs. I've hired for things on, on websites like Fiverr and Upwork for one-off jobs. And I would not consider those as virtual assistants. I would consider those as they are specifically hired to do a task like a, a logo or a graphic, you know, uh, an animated logo or an animated intro for video or things like that. If, if you're using them to kind of do one-off projects, a perfect example of this is a content creator that I hired to write some reading passages for me. After doing the first round, I very quickly realized that was not my genius house. The other parts of the project were, but just that one part of that project, I was like, I really need to hire this out. And so I hired that out and then she did another project for me, again, a one-off project. And then 
she was moved over into that virtual assistant slot where she now does projects for me on a regular basis. She's just the person that this stuff gets assigned to for, for certain levels of projects. But it started off as one-off. And I don't consider those, those were just independent contractors that I hired to do a job. Whereas freelancer. Freelancers. freelancers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. that, that's the word I was looking for, freelancers. Mm -hmm. Whereas a virtual assistant actually takes an interest in where your business is going and what's mm -hmm. happening with your business. And so I really think that business owners and, and especially teacher others need to make that distinction. That am I hiring somebody for a one-off project or am I actually hiring somebody that I'm going to be comfortable giving passwords to and is really going to be diving into my business and becomes... Mm -hmm. Just what that word says, assistant. They become mm -hmm. an assistant to you. So I love that. I love that. Make sure that it's actually something you need a virtual assistant for. So number three, this one gets interesting. <laughs> Set your requirements. Set your huh? requirements. I'm yes. going to let you just dive into this one. <laughs> because I'm horrible. I'm horrible messaging you at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> just okay. FYI, she doesn't always answer me. Not at two o'clock. I might be asleep. So might set your requirements. Yeah, might set your requirements. requirements this is very important. And boundaries, so so important. And I am coming from a place where first couple years had no boundaries in my business at all. Y'all, she just spilled her water all over her. This is hilarious. And, and I'm hitting my microphone whenever she's talking, so you can't hear my, you know, horrible, you know, fall. Oh, and I'm like pouring water all over me. <laughs> That's so funny. That all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I really, I had no boundaries in business on my side. I worked 18 hours a day. If I was awake, I was working. I was available. I was constantly on my phone, on my computer, email, whatever. People loved it because I got back to them within like five minutes, but it drained me so much. It drained my family. It drained my marriage. It drained, even after I had my son, I was a little bit guilty of this because my schedule was all over the place and I just had no boundaries. And so I started coming into it because a lot of times I would have clients and, you know, that just wanted you on all the time. And if I get on a discovery call and you want me on 24 hours a day, it's probably not going to work out. And, and I think it's just, that's, that's your requirement. That's great. There's somebody out there that can do that, but it's not going to be me. And telling people that you expect that is so important because, and, and I've come into these calls saying, you know, I work business hours, Monday through Friday. I take the weekends off to be with my family. If there's an emergency, you know, like something caught on fire and the fire department can't even put it out type thing. Um, I'll be checking in, but it won't be regularly. That is so, I cannot stress the importance enough of boundaries. And I know I'm kind of focusing on hours here, but not only that, requirements in general, what exactly are your expectations for the job? If your VA doesn't come in with a contract and they don't have something in writing saying you're going to get 30 pins per day scheduled and then you're going to be two posts per day on Facebook. If it's all over the place and you never set that requirement to begin with, number one, it's going to do nothing for you because you need to be consistent with, I don't care if it's marketing or graphics or what you're doing, you need to be consistent in it, but you need to have just those 
going back to the E word again, we're going back to that a lot here, but going back and having expectations of what they're supposed to do. It's all, this is all setting you up for success, but I can say setting boundaries off the bat, setting your requirements, what you want. If you want them to be available nine to five, Monday through Friday, Eastern time, tell them that. Please tell them that so that they don't get into it a month down the road and they're, they are pulling their hair out. You're pulling your hair out. You need to make sure, absolutely sure this is going to be a good fit from day one than just finding out later on that, wait a second, this isn't really what I wanted because nobody knew what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I'm a workaholic. So confession. Hello, everybody. My name is Farah and I'm a workaholic. So I <laughs> tend to work when, when we're out, when we're not actually actively on the road, which we've been in our spot, you know, here in East Texas on our property for, um, the last six weeks or whatever, getting some repairs done after a big, huge three month, you know, we were out on the road. Then I tend to be a huge workaholic where I will work for 18 to 20 hours and then go sleep for four and just get back up and do it all over again. But that's because when I am out on the road, then I may not work for three days in a row, but then I'll work three days solid. So those were some of the things that you have to set those expectations. And I will be very honest, again, going back to that transparency, I did not do that in the beginning when I was hiring virtual assistants. I kind of had this in my mindset that, well, I'm a workaholic. You're trying to build a business. You should be a workaholic too. And it was it was never, but I'm also, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overstep. I don't really know how to, and, and I think that it's very important that you as, as us as business owners and you as business owner, when you are doing things um, and hiring people for your business as well, is you've got to set those, those boundaries and those ex expectations back to that word of what you are wanting from your virtual assistant. So if you are a workaholic or for example, if you are a night out and you tend to work better, that's me. I tend to work better from one in the afternoon to one in the morning versus getting up at 8am. Now then other days I get up at 8am and have, or 6am and have great, I'm done before 10, you know, it just really depends on what's going on in my life. And but if you're that person and you know that you are a night owl and that's when you work best, then you probably need to find a virtual assistant that works like that too. Um, it doesn't mean that someone who doesn't work there in those hours can't do the job for you, but just understand whether or not they're working those hours for you. I think also one things that one of the things that comes up most in my own business is when I'm hiring virtual assistants to do continuing um, creation on certain things is I require that they be Mac users for certain, for certain, certain VAs, I require that they be a Mac user. And the reason is because I'm a Mac user. I use Mac programs for creating content and it is so easy for me to add them as a collaborator on a project and they can work directly in the document. I do not have to do all of this, save the document, send it to them, convert it to PowerPoint, whatever the, I don't have to deal with files being sent through the interwebs back and forth and waiting. Oh, I didn't get that attachment. I can't open that attachment. I don't deal with all that. I can directly add them to things and access things in my iCloud drive. If they're working on a project for me, they're working on clip art. I can, I have it in a place where they can go get it. And, and it's so seamless. That is a requirement for me with certain projects. And I think that that is so important 
that you make sure that if that is your requirement, that is your requirement and you stick to that. There is, like you said, there is somebody out there for you. You just have to find mm -hmm. them. So I think that that's exactly. really, really critical. Mm -hmm. Another one that is on here, and I'm just kind of looking at our article to look at the different things is time zones. You know, that's, that's yes. a huge thing. I mean, we're only an hour apart, which works great. Um, mm -hmm. but I do have, for example, when I'm trying, you know, I'm in the process of building my team. You're in the process of building your team. You're not going to find them all in the same time zones. And I have been struggling to try to do a team call with every one of my team. So everybody can meet, especially because where I see this going in 2020. So it's uh -huh. like, I need everybody to kind of meet each other because y'all are all fixing to start reporting to somebody else, hopefully. <laughs> so that kind of thing. And be aware of that. Maybe you want everybody in your time zone so that it's easier for you to meet with your team. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want them all over. Um, especially if you start going overseas to hire, that's going to be, that, that's a, a legitimate problem that you might be dealing with is those time differences. Mm -hmm. You could have 12 plus hour time differences. Absolutely. Your day is your night and that's hard. That's it is really hard. hard. And I, I, and teaching for VIP kid, I know all about that because, you know, okay. they're, they're, those classes for those kids are from, you know, four in the afternoon to nine at night. Well, that's 4am my time when I have to get up and teach. Again, uh, you know, deal breakers. Now, let me ask you this as a virtual assistant, Alexander, what are deal breakers for you? So kind of going through before I ever say yes to a project. I want us to get on the phone and have a discovery call. And I totally get, you know, sometimes we just are really busy people. But for me, if you can't take the 15 minutes to get on a phone call with me to talk things out, it's almost a deal breaker because it goes back to the communication. Are you going to be so busy that I'm going to have to ask you a question because I will inevitably have to ask a question that it's going to prevent me from doing my job. And then I'm not gonna be able to do it. And then it's gonna look bad on me. <laughs> you know, essentially that's what it's gonna, that's what's gonna happen. So I love to get on the phone. I have had people that said, have said to me, sometimes too late. So this is all coming from experience. Oh, I work all day. You should work all day too. Literally have, have told me in, in those words. I can't. I can't, that's a deal breaker for me. I have a family, I have a life. I love my job. I love my clients to death, but I cannot be in front of the computer 20 hours a day. I just can't. I mean, that's, you don't go to a nine to five job and you, you know, well, obviously we don't work our nine to five jobs, but you don't, we don't have that. And so that's a deal breaker for me. I'm trying to think of some, some big red flags when I first come to the, come to the table. Again, you're kind of like all over the place or you ask 5 million questions. So and I really, I really want to be careful how I say this because I am all about questions. Please do not get me wrong about this. But I am saying like before we ever even sign a contract, you're asking me like 5 million questions about what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then it's like I go to my email inbox and there's 500 emails there. And I'm saying like the, the extreme because please don't get me wrong. I love, I love questions and I will answer all of your questions and I will, I'm at the point I'll tell you if you're, if you're asking me too many, but if before we ever even sign a contract, you're asking so much, I have to, I have to say, is this client going to take so much of my time that I'm not going to be able to focus on my other clients because we have lots of different clients. And so that's just a thought that goes through my mind. Just being completely transparent here. Um, well, but I think you other, said, I think that that's a very important thing though, Alexandra, because 
you know, if somebody is coming at you with 50 million questions and we're not talking about the type of interview questions like, okay, can you do this? No. How would you handle no. this? Or those, right. th that's, that's understandable because that's you've got normal. to figure out if this person is going to work with you. But if you start hitting right. them right off the bat with 50 million questions, that tells me that you're all over the place and this is not, you're, you're not ready for a virtual assistant yet. You know, I think that it's important if somebody's coming at you with all of those questions that they're, they're all over the place. They're, they're not completely clear. And it goes back to that first yeah. tip of know what you want before you start looking. Yeah. Because asking questions about what they do and what their thoughts are and th those are normal. But if, you're, if yes. you're coming at this of you, you're like, well, do I need somebody for this? Do I need somebody for that? Do I need somebody for this? They don't know if you need somebody for that. That's something you need to know. You need to know if you need. Somebody yes. For that. Yes. And I, and I, and I just want to be, cause I, I really kind of hesitated bringing that up, but because I have people that, you know, they'll ask me questions and I, about whatever. And that's great because it's an educational thing. And I love educating and helping and like, here's, you know, let me make you a video and here's how we do it. And I'm all about that. But if before I ever sign on the dotted line with you, you're basically micromanaging my inbox already, how much worse is it going to be? You know how they say like, if, you know, your boyfriend's super controlling right now. Once you get married, it's going to be that much worse. <laughs> I mean, yes, that, girl, yes. <laughs> yes, that's almost how, how it is. And, and I come at this from a place of experience of I've ignored those red flags and signs before, and I've still signed on the dotted line. We're going to do this. And what happens is they end up taking so much time and energy and they almost always, these types, I don't know if it's a type A or what, I'm not good with my different types of people, but um, it almost prohibits you from growing them wherever they're, so especially coming at it from a marketing perspective, because they're constantly questioning, questioning what you're doing right out the gate, that they will never allow you to be your best self in the sense of let's do this and let's do this and see if it works and testing and growing and scaling. And then there's no great results from it. So I think it, it I, I kind of see on our list, like don't micromanage your VA, please, by all means, check in and check and see what's going on and do the coaching calls that they offer and do your monthly calls and ask for reports, but constantly being in their inbox hour after hour after hour questioning every single little thing they're doing, I don't think provides any trust in the relationship. It makes them feel like you don't trust them. And it just causes a very almost toxic relationship. So that for me is definitely just going through it several times was one of the red is one of the red flags that I see now. And I'm kind of like, mm, don't want to go down that road again. <laughs> so that's definitely. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, and you know, and we're kind of going to be lumping some of these tips from this article. Again, you can, I'll leave the link to the article down below and you can go read in detail, but we're kind of lumping a lot of these tips because they kind of go together. But just talking about, you know, going back to setting those expectations, setting those boundaries, 
what do you expect from your virtual assistant? Letting them know that up front. Again, they're, they are miracle workers. They cannot perform miracles. You know, it all just kind of goes back to being realistic about what you're hiring a virtual assistant to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this and use this example. You know, I know we actually, and let me go ahead and tell, tell the listeners this, and I'll leave a link um, to it so you can check out this uh, platform as well. We use Slack to communicate. And I love Slack. I was introduced to Slack at the, by another teacher author by Jen Bingle from Out of This World Literacy. And uh, she introduced me to Slack. I was like, what is this phenomenal thing? This right here is a miracle. Let me just tell you that. And I reached out to Alexandria and I said, hey, have you ever heard of Slack? She's like, oh my gosh, I love Slack. And so (laughs) I was like, why did I not know about this before? But I I think it's one of those things. And I use it for everything now. I use it for our mastermind. I use it for everything. And so knowing that you can go in and you can set parameters on Slack and when you get notifications and things like that, one, it gets us out of email because our email boxes are already so full, but it also allows you to share files back and forth if you need to and and things like that. But I really think that moving into that, you were talking about not micromanaging. There is a difference between reaching out to your virtual assistant and saying, okay, I want this done. This is how I want it done. And constantly, if, if you're going to, if, how do I put this? If you're going to tell them every single step, how it needs to be done right from the start, you might as well have done it yourself. That's kind of my, my opinion on that. And that's not to say, whereas we get into this, one of the tips where it talks about expecting to put time in up front with your virtual assistant, you are going to have to put some time up front with your virtual assistant. I can use one of my virtual assistants that I, the one I spoke with, spoke about earlier that I hired to do those one-off projects. When she was doing those one-off projects, I was like, here's the project. This is what I need done. This is the date I need it done by. These are the parameters. Go make it happen. When she moved over into that virtual assistant position where I require you to work from a Mac and, and so forth, she was not familiar with the program and I had to do some screen shares and I had to do some videos to get her up to speed on where things were and how to use stuff. So you need to expect to do that from the business side, especially if you're working with somebody who's not familiar with the software programs or just simply even making pens for Pinterest. Thank you so much for listening in today, Field Trippers. That was part one of my interview, sit down, chit chat with Alexandria Harrelson, my virtual assistant. And you can get part two. It will be available next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Don't forget to come back. And remember to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you get that latest episode delivered right to your device on your favorite podcast listening platform. Now, you can find today's show notes and any links mentioned today over at thefieldtripteacherpodcast.com. If you would like to connect with us on social media, you can find Fair Henley Education on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Those links will be in the show notes as well. You can leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a topic that you would like to hear on the podcast, drop us an email at hello at thefieldtripteacherpodcast.com. Keep enjoying this field trip called life, and we will see you on the road. And that's a wrap on the latest episode of the Field Trip Teacher Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find today's show notes at thefieldtripteacherpodcast.com. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the show, be sure to jump over to iTunes and leave a review. 
Leaving a review helps other teacher creatives find the podcast. We love hearing from our listeners as well. So send us a note at hello at thefieldtripteacherpodcast.com. And until then, keep being educational rock stars, and we will see you on the road.